Life, whether you like it or not, happens to everyone. We don't get to choose our testimony, but we are called to share the journey. Hi, everybody. I'm BJ Foster, and this is Withholding Nothing, a podcast for the soul. Let's do this thing. Hey, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Thank you for joining me again this week. I'm excited to do this recap. Maybe too excited. I'm trying to calm myself down before I even get started. <laughs> you know, there are certain ones you, you put out there and you know the response is either going to be overwhelmingly hyped and positive. And then there's the ones where you go, I'm not sure how people are going to take this. This one was one of those. And I love those because God speaks the loudest in those moments. So I can't wait uh, just to share with you some of the responses and some of the aha revelation moments that God has delivered to me over the course of the week. Uh, Before I do that, obviously, I want to say thank you to Mary Zimmer. Mary, you are awesome. My friend, my friend, I am telling you, I, I, I'm, I am, I'm in awe. I have a new hero. Anyone who I, I personally believe has lived some life, like really lived life, we owe them the utmost respect and honor. And um, we live in a society in which we don't honor and respect the elderly. There's something about us, we're so youth driven, youth-oriented, that we want to put our older, our, our elders out to pasture. And I, I knew that putting Mary's testimony out there, I would receive just a little bit of that. So I want to talk about it. Again, forgive me if I get ahead of myself. It's because I'm excited, <laughs> but excited in a good way. So the response is, guys, thank you. Thank you. I never want you to cease to respond. Please, whether it's positive, negative, indifferent, never cease to respond because this is a place for us to grow, all of us. You know, BJ doesn't have all the answers. Don't even pretend to. Um, And a lot of times the things you say will enlighten me, just as I hope some of the things I say will enlighten you. But Thank you for all of your responses. So I'm gonna just jump in and I may be all over the place today and that that too is okay. You know, we're, we're talking about a different time and we can be quick just because that's just who we are to say, I would never, I wouldn't let. Wow, why does she? It's so easy to go there. And I just want to, to some degree, stand in defense of the era in which she grew up in. Because she grew up in a time, honestly, in which everything as a woman revolved around your husband, your children, your housekeeping,
a time in with <clears throat> a time in which you're everything your worth was all tied into your husband your children your housekeeping all those kind of things and we listen to that today as younger women and of course we're pushing back on that going that's ridiculous i have my own job i make my own money i don't need a man's but please if we stop and put ourselves back into that time it wasn't the way i know a couple of you had mentioned wow so she just married men because they could take care of her yeah truth but i look at how many things have we done in our lives because it was the easy way to go or it made our lives more sustainable it's so easy to look back at someone else and say i would never but i beg to differ because i believe that we all have done said entertained doing things that somebody else would look back on and say that was absolutely ridiculous so i say yes she made some decisions that she thought would best better her life and the life of her children She married men who did not love her and had child after child after child. Someone had mentioned, "Wow, I can't believe, you know, she was in this loveless marriage but she kept having babies." That is what they did during that time. I think if nothing else, we as women, younger women of a different era We need to take our hats off to the women who had to endure so much so that we don't have to do. So I look at this woman at 80 years old who can finally say I like myself and I praise her because she went decades of her life without being able to say that. because she could not or did not feel that she lived up to what society was telling her she needed to be. And honestly, guys, we are all in the same boat. It's just the the trappings around us are different. It's not that society is telling us we can't work and we can't be our own woman and we can't do our own thing. but society is telling us we're not good enough if we're too fat or we're too smart or we're not smart enough you know the the trappings are simply different and i just want us to caution i want to caution us in judging each other so readily and so harshly because as the scripture says there but by the grace of god go i you know the tagline of the podcast is we 
We don't get to choose our testimony. Mary didn't choose her testimony. She didn't choose to grow up in, oh gosh, I should have asked her what years. She was 28 at the time, so who knows, let's say 40s, the 1940s. She didn't choose to grow up in the time in which women were so oppressed, but she did. And she tried to make the best of it. And she made a mess of things, which is what we all do. And every mess that she made chipped away at the woman that God had created her to be. And she felt terrible about herself to a point where she had no voice that she felt was worthy of being voiced, which allowed the system to take more and more advantage of her. I used this, um, I saw this quote this week as I was listening to her message and reflecting on it. And I was like, okay, God, this, this quote speaks volumes kind of about where she has been in life. And it says, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes courage is the quiet voice at the end of the day saying, I would try again tomorrow. I believe Mary had a lot of, I'm just going to try again tomorrow. I, I, I'm just going to try again tomorrow. As I was listening to her share, especially when she talked about uh, packing her bags and hiding them and trying to get a, sneak out to get away from the husband so that he wouldn't stop her. See, today that's considered abuse, domestic violence. Back then, the lawyer simply said, well, they're his kids too. He'll stop you. There was no protection in the way in which we have protection. So there was no loud roar. Get me out of here. I gotta break out of you. We didn't get that. Instead, we had a woman living and suffering in silence, saying in her heart of hearts, honestly, I'll try again tomorrow. But the beautiful thing is, guys, and this is where I go, I get excited. God heard the quietness of her plea. She didn't have to scream out. She didn't have to roar. She didn't have to be the loudest voice in the room. She simply cried out in a whisper and God heard her. It took a while for her to be set free, but God heard her and began to move the pieces in place that needed to be moved in order for her life to change. And I think for all of us, God wants us to hear. He wants us to know, I am working. You cry out, I will hear you. I love the passage that says, God stoops low to make us great. He stooped low in order to hear her, to reach her, to pull her up. But he had to do a lot of unwinding 
as we try to fix things, as we try to make things better, we make messes that God has to complete and clean up before we can get to that end result that we want so desperately. God heard her voice, even though she thought she was voiceless. Guys, I'm telling you, we are oh, so much. <laughs> Someone has said, you know what? I hope I don't have to get to 80 years old to like myself. And I pray as well, you don't have to get to 80, year old, 80 years old to like yourself. But see, that's where we learn from each other. She did so that we don't have to. So that shouldn't be a judgment. That should be a gratitude. I hope I don't have to get to 80 to like myself. So I am so overwhelmed with gratitude for what you went through to show me a different way. But where she is now, oh my goodness, the, the, the light bulb has come on. When she finally started to, bit by bit, little pieces at a time, claim her life, God began to put one foot in front of the other. Just take a step. Just take a step. Even when she, after the death of the second husband, and she kind of threw me when she said, you know, it was rough. I wanted to be over and I, you know, kind of was wishing something would happen to him. He'd get in a car accident or something. I don't know if you heard me. I just kind of went, oh. <laughs> I didn't expect her to say that, but that's how bad it was. That's how deep it was. Amen. God didn't let, you know, him get into a car accident in order to get her out of the relationship. But that's... It, that really showed how deeply wounded she was. It's not something you can see, but obviously it's something she felt. It would take a lot for me to want someone to get into an accident in order for me to get out of a relationship, but that means I am so stuck. I don't know where else to go. God allowed her with her children to move forward in life. But he didn't just move her out of a difficult situation. He moved her into a God situation. And I want to talk about that a little bit, guys, because I think so often when things are bad, whatever bad is for you, when things are rough, whatever rough is for you, we want it to be over so badly. And that's all we want. Just God, get me out of this. Get me out of this. Get me out of this. And God gets us out. He gets us out. But it's not so that we can return to the same darkness that he got us out of. Are we returning to the same thing that God relieved us from? Because so often we simply want the pain to stop. God just stopped the bleeding. Just stop the bleeding. He stops the bleeding and then we go back to what created the bleeding in the first place. That's what we saw with her first marriage. She got out of it. She went into a second one just like it. 
It was just God relieved the pain. But the second time around, she had learned something. She got out of that and then she was at a place where I have to situate myself where I actually have a voice. Just to be free isn't enough. I have to be free with a voice. And I look at that and go, you know, it doesn't matter what your age is. There's work that we all need to do and can do. When she said I started taking this class on forgiving myself, I mean, that's that's amazing and unheard of, really, if you think about it, for someone who's, let's say, 70 years old, still trying to work on themselves. Let me become a better version of me. You know, we've all heard the saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. We, we adopt these sayings that makes it okay for us to cease to change. And I believe God wants us to continue to change until, I think she said it in the podcast, until my last breath. God wants me to, God's not done with me. So until my last breath, I've got work to do. I don't know, most of you listening are not 70, 80 years old. And when you've ceased to do the work it takes to move you to the next level. Why? It's hard. No one's helping me. It's painful. I'm tired. We have all of our reasons. But none of the reasons are a good enough excuse for God for us to give up. You know, guys, here's the deal. If you woke up, and I don't know if I said this, I think I may have said it in the podcast. If you woke up this morning, you're not dead. You woke up this morning. It's because God has something that he wants you to do. He really is. God is pumping life into you. You know, a lot of people did not wake up this morning. Again, we assume it's common knowledge, it's common sense, but we forget how precious it is that we did. We did. So God is pumping life into you, which means he wants you to live, not just because he's being nice to you. He is. We have a loving God. He's being nice. But God didn't say, oh, I'm going to wake up BJ this morning because uh, I just want to be nice to her. No, he woke us up this morning because he wants us to live for a purpose. There's a reason he woke BJ up this morning. So BJ needs to be about doing that purpose, not just about being BJ. Are you about the purpose that God has awakened you for? Or are you simply living life day after day doing nothing? There's a saying, what is it? Shawshank Redemption, my husband loves that movie. (laughs) But there's a saying, either get busy living or get busy dying. And that's really what it is. Are we busy living? Or are we simply about dying? He's letting you live because there's something that he wants from you. It doesn't have to be huge. We're of this mindset that everything has to be grand. 
We compare ourselves to each other and we go, well, I'm not doing this or I'm not. God isn't. What he has called you to do is different from what he's called someone else to do. I heard someone once say, you know what? We are so busy comparing so often our seed to someone else's harvest. And what they meant by that is there is a seed in all of us. I may be just beginning something and someone else could be at the end of theirs. They're already in the harvest. So we're comparing our seed beginning space to their harvest in place, which is not fair. It makes no sense to make that comparison, but yet that's how we live. I'm just saying, if God woke you up, he wants you to do something. It might be speak life into the person across the street from you. It may be whisper the name of God into the into the ear of your child. It may be love myself more today. It could be so simple, but there's something that he wants you to do. Are you doing it? Are you simply occupying space, breathing oxygen that someone else who is no longer here only wished they had the opportunity to breathe? Guys, it's never too late. That's the thing with Mary's testimony. You just realize, you know what? It's never too late. And I, I, I feel like I'm harping on that because so many, I'm not quoting what people said today just because I don't think it's fair in some ways. But everybody referenced her age. And I want us to know it is never too late. Not when you're in the hands of God. You know, I heard this saying that uh, the anchor, Bob Schaefer, when he, he was sharing once, he said, never let anybody tell you you're too old. He said, everything major that happened in my life happened after the age of 65. But if you let people tell you to, you're too old, then you will adopt that mindset and that becomes your reality. Don't let other people determine the life that you should live. Because we begin to groom ourselves to think in the way in which other people says we should think. And we adopt that. God is not done with you yet. If you're here, and obviously, if you're not here and you're listening to this, that's a little freaky. <laughs> but if you're here, God's not done with you yet. You know, we, we did the, the back and forth about, hey, you're just 80. There are a lot of great people that God worked with at the age of 80. you got to remember, Caleb was 85 years old when he told Joshua and Joshua. Caleb was 85 years old in Joshua 14, 11, when he says, I am as strong now as I was the day Moses sent me out. He was 85. Why are we capping ourselves at 30, at 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, Stop capping yourself. Stop letting the world tell you you're done. If God hasn't said you're done. Guys, we have a lot to, we, you know what? We have a doing God. God is a doer. 
He loves, he prays, he cares for us, but he he was also about the business of doing. We've got to be about the business of doing. And when I say that, I'm really not talking about the actions. I know it sounds conflicting. And I mentioned that when I said she had brought five visitors to her Bible talk. I don't want us to get caught up in performance. I'm not saying let's perform until we die. I'm saying let's be obedient until we die. As long as we are obedient, we're in motion, doing something for God. You have to, you know, with Mary in particular, I've had counseling sessions. (laughs) I don't think she'll mind me putting it out there. I've had counseling sessions and discipling times with Mary and friends of Mary because everybody feels like she's doing too much. Mary, you're doing too much. You need to slow down. She has her little walker. She loves to bake. She bakes for our Sunday service every Sunday. Mary, you're doing too much. You need to slow down. She has said in her own words, I'm not slowing down until I die. When I first got here, I was listening to the voices of all the people around us saying she's doing too much. And so I was like, Mary, maybe you're doing too much. But when she said that, I'm not slowing down until I die. I'll have lots of time then to slow down. I felt, guys, there was the voice of God. (laughs) As a leader, let me say that we too can be wrong. If God is moving in her life, and he is, who am I to stop her? She said, this is what keeps me going. This keeps me relevant. It keeps me tied in. And I want to do it as long as God will allow me to do it. That's when I have to back up and say, amen. God, you know so much more than I do. You know what's best for all of us. And we have to be careful because we are surrounded, honestly, by do-nothing people. (laughs) Not everybody, but we're surrounded by do-nothing people. People who, I wouldn't do that. Girl, I'm too old for that. I wouldn't even think of that. Okay, well, that's you. But I'm going to leave us with, guys, don't live in the prison of what other people want you to be and what other people want you to do. This woman who felt she had no voice, this woman who for the longest majority of her life did not like herself, knew enough, felt enough, was strong enough and became courageous enough to say to her naysayers, I know you think I do too much. I know you want me to sit down in my recliner and just listen and be quiet, but I have work to do. So I'm choosing not to listen to you. She found her voice when she needed her voice the most. God has now placed her in the senior living community 
where initially she was kicking and screaming, did not want to go. <laughs> but when she finally embraced it, as you heard her say, I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. She has people just like herself that she can love upon, that she can pour into, that she can share her testimony, share her journey and help them see God in a way that someone else helped her to see God. Guys, all of us want to know that our lives matter. Mary, your life matters. I am so glad that you are here. I am so glad that you have lived the life that you lived as painful, hard as it has been. You lived through it. You've given hope and inspiration to those of us who did not have to live that kind of a life. And on behalf of all of the younger women, I can say thank you. Thank you, not just for going through a time in which women lived in suffrage, but thank you at the age of 80 for teaching us that God's not done with us yet. God is not done with us. He is not saying, I only work through the young. He's saying, I work through whomever will give me their heart all of their heart. We all have a conviction. We all have a story that will alter the direction of someone's life. Mary's story, prayerfully, is altering the direction of someone's life this week. Mary, I thank you. I love you. Thank you for showing us the hand of God at work. Everybody, be strong. Remember, courage sometimes is just that quiet voice saying, I will try again tomorrow. So until next week, be on the lookout for the incredible hand of God. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Always, I say thank you for joining me. It has been a pleasure to hear testimony shared this week, and we will be back next week for another incredible life story. Please check out my website, enoughasyouare.com. You can find all my books and all of my writings there. I appreciate again your time. I pray that God will be with you. And until next week, be on the lookout for the hand of God. Go ahead, Dave. Play us out. <laughs>